Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I am so excited. We're ready to go live. Here we go. Hey, Cheers is filmed before a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that's dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X, their games, trivia, and friends. I am Xavier Host, and today we're trying something new on the podcast. We're live! We're streaming this episode out to you to give you your dose of nostalgia of all the cool things of your youth. This live show was a practice episode in preparations for the judges and I taking part in a trivia podcast summit that's happening next month on April 13th. Who Will Save Generation X will be appearing in what amounts to a podcast festival. We're really excited to be a part of it. A lot of big names in the podcasting uh, trivia world will be there, and we're honored to be among them. Um, so to that end, we are doing a test run for what the show is going to look like once the podcast summit happens. And we're going to do that here today. And the idea is to run the entire show in real time live for some of our listeners. Joining us for this live event are some of our Patreon supporters who have earned their invite as a part of their rewards for being a supporter on Patreon. Thank you very much for being here and for your support of the show. Uh, without it, it would not exist. So thanks for making it happen. Today, we're doing the live version of the home show, which normally is a fun-sized version of the regular podcast. But since we have an hour to fill on the podcast summit, we're doing a supersized version of the fun-sized show. So just as a reminder, this is not replacing the regular format of the podcast, but rather giving you a chance to play at home or with a friend or even by yourself, as well as giving you a fix of Gen X trivia in between regular episodes of the show. Here's how we play. Unlike the regular edition of the podcast, we have four rounds of trivia and games for you to play. Each episode, we invite a special guest and let them set the benchmark score for you to try and beat. Each round has a different game for you to try out. And at the end, you can compare your score with that of our special guest benchmark and earn your rank on this quiz. Our special guest this episode is a legend among the kids that I grew up with. I think a lot of us have, uh, what do you say, that special older cousin in their life that introduces you to new and exciting things in our lives. Some things that might have been welcomed 
and other things may not have been welcomed. I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. Uh, they're always welcomed by me, but my parents might have frowned at a few things that my cousin here has introduced me to over the years, um, but I'm eternally grateful. Well, tonight, my guest certainly filled a, a important role in my life, giving me exposure to all the music that I love and movies and and, and, and games and Dungeons and Dragons for crying out loud. I mean, he was the reason for the satanic panic to happen in my household. <laughs> Please welcome my favorite cousin, Troy. Hi, Troy. Hello. 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 Be here. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. This is exciting. I've been uh, keeping up with this uh, show and it's super fun. Thanks. I'm so happy that you've listened. We've, you were one of the first guests that I wanted to have at the at the conception of this show and oh, i've awesome. been emailing you for about a year now trying to get you to be on the show so i'm very <laughs> thankful that you have taken the time for your precious schedule to come on the show thank you so much honestly thank you yeah i'm super happy to be here it's exciting can't wait so, to uh, play this awesome game well tell the listeners a little bit about yourself uh you can tell them what generation you're from uh if it's comfortable you can say your age or what year you graduated high school uh, whatever you want. Gen Xer, baby. Born 1970. I lived through it all. I was right in the middle of it. <laughs> in the mire of the <laughs> 80s, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, I think your audience is going to be much better at this than I am. I, I can barely remember the 80s. I mean, being <laughs> as Gen X, you know, there was, we were doing a lot in Gen X. Well, I did mention that some things you were into were bad influences on me. So sure. I guess that kind of makes sense why you couldn't remember <laughs> a lot of things that happened well, actually during I, the I can, I can say, Zabe, that you, uh, there's not a single thing that was a bad influence that you gave me. Uh, unfortunately, you couldn't say the same about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, between you and your brother, uh, things got a little uh, rough. Well, we no. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave him out of it though for right now. But it was anyways, <laughs> how do you feel about setting the benchmark score for this episode? I'm I'm ready to to go into the fray. Uh, but but like I said, I, I I have listened to some of the contestants here, and and they they have their uh, Gen X cred down. So yeah. uh, like I like I said, I have memory lapse issues. Uh, we'll all think back to this one day, going, "That's when the that's when the mental health issues started for Troy." No, that started way back. <laughs> Maybe the Alzheimer. The Alzheimer started right now. There, that's yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, we're we're recording it for uh, future doctors to diagnose you. There you <laughs> that was then. <laughs> well, let's see if listeners, if you can outscore my cousin from Generation X, or if you need to brush up on your Gen X knowledge. There are right. total twenty six points available in this episode. Keep track of your score, and I'll let you know how well you did versus our guest benchmark at the end of the episode. So that's enough talking about it. Let's do it. Uh, uh. It's time to see if you can save Generation X from fading into oblivion. Round one. Round one is our trivia round consisting of five questions in the television category. The questions will get more difficult as we go through the round. Each complete correct answer is worth two points. If you think you could convince the judges to give you a partial credit for your answers, you can award yourself one pity point for a partial answer. Uh, we'll use the honor system here. Good luck. I'm going for those pity points. <laughs> yeah. You're cool with taking pity points, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I No shame. No shame here. <laughs> okay. Here's question number one. In the classic 1970s television show, Buck Rogers of the 25th Century, 
It featured our hero Buck and his friends protecting the earth from those who had caused them harm. Every good hero needs a trusty sidekick, and Buck's buddy was a three foot eleven silver robot. What was the name of Buck Rogers' robot pal? This this is a multiple choice, Troy. Okay, okay, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, you might like it a multiple choice here. That was my saving grace in high school with multiple choice questions. (laughs) Is it A, Tweaky, B, Robbie, C, Vincent, or D, Wilma? It was absolutely Tweaky. Well done. Tweaky is correct. Love that show. What about Buck? Vincent, the other answers were Vincent. He was from the black hole or it, excuse me, was from oh. the black hole. Robbie is from Forbidden Planet. And of course, Wilma, what played by Aaron Gray on the show, was Buck's love interest on the show, as well as mine, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, am, I, I won't go into the details of that one. I am assuming the creators of the show chose the name Tweaky because it is a more family friendly name than Cokehead or Meth Mouth. Sure. What about Buck? Yep. Okay, question number two. Mork and Mindy is an American television sitcom that aired on ABC from 1978 to 1982. It starred the late, great Robin Williams as Mork, an extraterrestrial who came to Earth from the planet Orc and eventually falls in love with Pan Dauber's character, Mindy. The show was developed as a spinoff from what other television show? No multiple choice in this one, huh? <laughs> no multiple choice. <laughs> All right, then I- I'm going to have to go with uh, Happy Days. Happy Days is correct. Yes. I saw that episode yeah. too. <laughs> the crossover. Was in the taping for that one. Rip. That's so cool. Yeah, super cool. That yeah. was his Gen X cred when he was on the show. Yeah, That's, that's growing up in SoCal, man. <laughs> uh, Mork first appeared in the Happy Days episode season on uh, a season five episode called My Favorite Orkin. The show wanted to feature a spaceman in order to capitalize on the popularity of recently released Star Wars films. Uh, Mork attempts to take Richie Cunningham back to his planet of Orc as a specimen, but is foiled by the Fonz because, you know, that's how that rolls. In the initial broadcast, however, the whole episode turned out to be just a dream of Richie's. But Mork proved so popular that the syndicated version was re-edited to show Mork erasing the experience from everyone's mind. So he did the like men in black like. You'll never remember this kind of thing. That's cool. (laughs) Robin Williams impressed producer Gary Marshall with his quirky comedic ability as soon as they met. When Williams was asked to take a seat in the audition, he sat on his head and Marshall cast him on the spot. Later (laughs) commenting that the then unknown Williams was the only alien that auditioned to be in the show. Greetings, Bonzi. Remember me? Mark from Mark. You once called me the nutso from outer space. (laughs) R.I.P. Robin Williams. What a genius. Super genius. Oh, gosh. Super genius. Here's question number three. V was a two-part miniseries premiered on NBC in 1983. The show featured the aliens known as The Visitors arriving with advanced technology with a proposition of trading their technology for Earth's resources. And it also featured the struggle of the resistance to discover the sinister objectives of the visitors and also their true identities. The question is this. How many motherships came to Earth in the V miniseries? This is a multiple choice. 
Now, are we talking about the uh, original or the remake? The we're, Why would I talk about remakes? <laughs> I didn't watch the remake anyway. So. How dare you <laughs> remakes? Remakes. No, we don't do remakes. We're OG. Oh gosh. We're real. I remember okay. that. I remember. This is multiple that. choice. Let me let me oh, yes. you some remaining uh, brain cells. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Was it a just one huge mothership? B seven one for each of Earth's continents. C, 50 for a big show of power. Or was it D, 69? Whoops. 69, dudes. <laughs> that was the wrong sound effect. <laughs> Freudian slip. Strangely, it works all the same. <laughs> uh, what um, answer you got, <laughs> Troy? Uh, that was a tough, uh, wow, that was a tough one. I, I, I want to say, I like what, I love that show. In fact, I wrote a role-playing game based on that show. Uh, and you never played it with me. No. It was a high school thing. I thought nice you knew invite. about it. Yeah, sorry, that was my bad. I'm I, this is kind of an educated guess, but I'm gonna go. I remember they it was in every major city, but maybe I'm gonna go with the continents because that sounds like it it fits the uh the genre there, but it could be 72. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the seven. <laughs> seven is <laughs> ah man, that was a risk. The correct answer was 50. 50 motherships. Not 69. A lot of mothers. <laughs> That's a lot of mothers. The v, yeah. the v motherships were large disc-shaped interstellar craft used by the visitors to travel through space. Motherships were approximately five miles in diameter and carried a minimum crew of 144,000. That would make the size of the initial invasion force in the neighborhood of 7.2 million visitors. It is estimated that there were 4.7 billion brown rats in the world in 1983. Which means if each of those visitors ate 1.8 rats per day, they could have eaten the entire Earth's population of brown rats at the time of their arrival within one year. That's a math fun fact for you, Troy. I needed that. <laughs> that edified right. my life. So the, the 144,000 wasn't the people that are getting an instant ticket to heaven. This is a different story, right? I bet there was some sort of tie-in to some sort of raptor. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. Now I'm thinking that it might be something like that, huh? Yeah, I know that <laughs> of me as well. <laughs> Troy and I were both raised a very conservative Christian uh, environments, and certain numbers really pop out the, out the page if you're in the know for that. <laughs> Anyways, on to question four. Spoiler alert! If you're not caught up on Little House on the Prairie, then you might want to lower the volume on your podcast player for this next question. Here's the question. In the beloved TV show Little House on the Prairie, what caused Mary Ingalls to go blind? This is a multiple choice as well for you, Troy. It's because I love you so much. Was it A, she was kicked in the head by a horse? B, she had scarlet fever? C, she was just born that way or D while growing up in the historically gritty and crime ridden Irish American neighborhood of hell's kitchen, New York city, Mary is blinded by a radioactive substance that falls out from an out of control truck. As she pushes a man out of the path on an oncoming vehicle, the chemicals grant her powers of echolocation and a kind of radar sense that she uses to fight crime within hell's kitchen with a billy club. Well, I, I think the, uh, <laughs> The last plot might be confused with a different show, but okay, okay. <laughs> you never know. 
Although that would be really cool, especially if it took place in the, uh, you know, the settle, the uh, explorers were going out there and settling. And if they had that it would be really useful. <laughs> but what's your answer? My answer, I'm going to, uh, man, I remember that episode too. You know, grandma, our grandmother was a huge little prairie fan. So she's probably going to slap me from heaven. If I get this wrong, um, it's a toss between the, the horse and the scarlet fever. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Prepare to get smacked by grandma. Yeah, I hear it comes. It's coming. I'm going to go. I'm going to just throw it out there. I'm going to go with the uh, Scarlet Fever. Scarlet Fever is correct. Oh, my God. I can't believe I got that right. Well done. Thank you, grandma. (laughs) Mary Ingalls did indeed lose her sight when she was 14 in 1879. Laura Ingalls might have attributed Mary's blindness to Scarlet Fever to make it easier for children to understand. But in reality, Mary most likely lost her sight due to a viral inflammatory disease that attacks the brain. Sadly, in the late 1800s, Midwest America, there were very few opportunities for blind girls to receive ninja training to fight crime. The closest Mary got was to become a teacher for blind kids, which is just a different kind of superhero in and of itself. And here we go to the final question of the round. Final question of the round might be a tough one for a lot of you, I would think, but let's give it a try. The VF-1 Valkyrie series was the first human design series of Veritech Fighter in the TV show Robotech. Each Valkyrie had three modes and the, that the ship could transform into by pulling levers marked B, G, and F. What were the names of these three modes that the Veritech Fighters could transform into? Well, uh, man... The first mode as an airplane, it would be, uh, okay, the, the, the half plane, half robot is guardian mode. Let's start there. <laughs> and it's fighter mode is the first one. And the last one uh, is the battleoid mode or something like that. No, wait, no, it's, uh, hold on. That's not my final answer. Hold on. No, no, no. It's, uh, I don't know. Is it get battle mode? I can't remember. I can't remember. What's your answer, Troy? Battle mode, battle mode. I know. It's not the right one. <laughs> I know. I should have got that one. Unfortunately, it was battleoid mode, your first response, but you said that oh. wasn't your final answer. See, kids, Justice. that's why you should always take your first answer every time. Judges, are we going to give them? They're going to give you one pity oh. point. It partially oh, those, correct. those judges are tough, too. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. So that's seven points after round one. Congratulations. Yeah. You're doing well so far. Love that show. Yeah. Should we tell the story of the time you and I went and saw Desperately Seeking Susan? Do you remember the story, Troy? No, you might have to tell it because <laughs> I can't remember it. So, well, we didn't go. We didn't go there to see Desperately Seeking Susan, but we did. We did We're go Desperately see, Seeking Susan. I think I think we saw She-Ra, like the power of the <laughs> Whatever, Gray Skull, whatever. There was like a She-Ra or He-Man movie out at the time. At the okay. same time, the uh, Desperately Seeking Susan was out. So we went and we saw our He-Man movie. And then you said, you said it, because you're a bad influence, said, hey, let's movie hop and go see Desperately Seeking Susan. So me as an innocent young boy, I said, okay, I don't want to be left here alone by a movie theater. I'll go with my <laughs> older cousin and he'll help me. And so we snuck into the theater. And I looked down at my watch and I saw that it was like three o'clock. I, th- I believe that was the time. Three o'clock. And I'm like, oh no, Robotech starts at 3.30. <laughs> it was something along those lines. 
And I said, we need to leave right now. So we left the theater in the middle of Desperately Seeking Susan, sure. jumped on our bikes and rode like demons down back to their house, got there just in time, opened up a Pepsi free and sat in front of the, the TV and turned it on. And it wasn't, then the show wasn't on. And it wasn't until <laughs> that I realized that it was Saturday and we were the Monday through Friday show. And I don't think I still have seen Desperately Seeking Season to this day just because uh, that's pretty, it that's brings back. Do uh, you remember that? You don't remember that, do you? Yeah, I kind of remember that. And I remember we used to eat the uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. But you, but oh, yeah. you can only you get the first 15 minutes of the show would be the first one. And the last <laughs> one would be the second one. And then we'd always drink Pepsi because uh, Coke was, you know, had a red can. It was communist. <laughs> and Pepsi is red, white, and blue. Yeah, you never know what was against the rules <laughs> going up to my house for some weird whatever. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> that was the rule. Let's move on. That's more entertaining for you and I than our listeners. Let's let's move on. Round two today is a game called In a World Coming Soon. In this game, I'll play selected parts of a movie trailer from the Generation Next timeline, and you need to tell me what movie it is a preview for. There are clips from three movies, that, and you'll get one point for each that you can name correctly. Okay? You got it, Troy? Yep, I'll try. Here we go. Okay. So <laughs> here is the clip from trailer number one. Here's your hint that the trailer number one was from 1982. Here we go. The computer, an extension of the human intellect. The NCOM 511, center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. Programmed by master control to survive by all means. Soon, the ultimate tool will become the ultimate enemy. Kevin Flynn, computer genius. Taken prisoner and held captive within the digital world of the computer itself. Trapped inside an electronic arena where love and escape do not compute. What movie is that a pre preview for? Wow. Uh, well, yeah, I was going to say one thing until the end, and I, so I'm going to go with Tron for the end because, like, I can't think of another movie that was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reveal the movie and find out. Tron. Enter its world this summer. At first, it sounded <laughs> sound like it was going to be like war games. And then I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Can't believe I got that. Yep. Disney, neither can I. Disney's Tron was groundbreaking in its use of computer graphics in a future film. However, not everyone at Disney was enthusiastic about the computer generated project. Disney's traditional animators were said to have felt threatened by the potential for computers that it might render their skills obsolete and openly refused to assist them in making the film in any way. Of course, their fears were silly and unfounded as computer graphics were never again used in movies after Tron. <laughs> well done. So that's one more point. On to movie trailer number two. Your hint is that this is a trailer from 1984. Are we going to appall you with something confidential and disgusting? Let's hope so, because that is what you really like. Unconfessed crimes of buried wickedness. If that is what brings you to us, the prospect of hearing horrors, you shall not go unrewarded. 
I don't believe it. The whole city is talking. You hear it all over. What a story. What a scandal. What a comedy. What a tragedy. Incredible. I don't believe it. Who can believe it? What horrors have you heard? Tell us. Tell us. Tell us at once. He is divinely inspired. He is arrogant, vulgar, obscene. He creates music for the gods. He is passionate. He burns with fire. He is an angel. He is a devil. He claimed he'd been poisoned. Some said he accused a man. Some said the man was Salieri. Salieri? Salieri. I don't believe it. All the same. Could it be possible? Did Salieri do it after all? What movie, Troy? One of my favorite movies of all time, Amadeus. Let's find out. Amadeus. The man. The music. The magic. The madness. The murder. The mystery. The motion picture. Amadeus. Everything you've heard is true. Well done, Troy. I, re- I remember seeing that movie with you, like digging my heels in and saying like, oh, I'm not going to say oh, classical music, blah, blah, blah. Like getting all <laughs> dumb about it. I'm like, no, dude, you got to see this. He dragged me to it, and I loved it too. It's a great movie, super yeah. great. Film. He he was the uh, original debaucherous rock star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the fun fact for this movie: with an attempt to circumvent any typecasting he might get after three blockbuster Star Wars films that launched his career, Mark Hamill played Mozart on Broadway for nine months in 1983. But when the time came for the movie to be made, Czech director Milos Forman couldn't get the space cowboy image out of his head. Milos told Mark Hamill, oh no, you must not play Mozart because the people not believing the Luke's spacewalker as Mozart. That's a direct quote from Mark Hamill himself. Awesome. I had no idea about that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been interesting <laughs> having Mark Hamill as Amadeus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And here's the last one. This is from, this is movie three, a trailer from 1980. 92. Let's see if you can get this one. You're doing great in this round. Let's see if it continues. In an age of darkness and a time of evil, when the world needed a hero, what it got was him. Groovy. He's a 20th century guy trapped in the Middle Ages, foretold by a mystical book, forewarned by a wise man, fulfilled by a wise guy. Give me some sugar, baby. What's this movie? Uh, I'm gonna say Army of Darkness. Let's find out from Sam Raimi. Oh, that's gonna hurt. Oh, Sam Raimi. Army of Darkness. Well done, Troy. Sam Raimi. It was Sam Raimi. Raimi, yes. Army of Darkness is the third installment of the Evil Dead series and the first to take place during the Middle Ages. Director Sam Raimi's original title for Army of Darkness was The Medieval Dead. I like Army of Darkness. <laughs> Medieval Dead. <laughs> I like Medieval, it. That's great. Oh, it's a play on Evil Dead. I yes, mean. play on Evil slow Dead. There. Sorry, I like it. Yes. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay, you like it better now? All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let's move on to round three. Round three. Round three of this episode is a game called Gen X Voice. Shout out to former contestant and current friend of the show, Trish the Dish, for letting me use the name of her podcast as the name of this game. In the spirit of her show that celebrates the voices of Generation X, we are going to listen to three clips of famous voices of the Generation Timeline, and you need to tell me who's the voice it belongs to. Okay? So we're looking for the name of the person speaking here. 
The clips will get more difficult as we go on. And each question, each correct answer is worth one point. Here we go. Good luck. Here's famous voice. Number one, this voice, uh, this clip was taken from 1977. If that gives you any help whatsoever. We try to be very scientific and very accurate about everything we do. Now, for example, I can't have Spider-Man flying through the air like certain other guys who wear capes and big letters on their chest. So I wanted to be scientific about it. So he shoots webbing out from a little wrist thing he has, and he can shoot at any distance. There could be a building a mile away. Somehow it hits the building, sticks to the building. He swings on it like Tarzan perfectly scientific and logical. And that's why our books are beloved by science students and professors and uh, the like. Who is that lovable Gen X voice? That is no one but Stan the Man Lee. That is correct. Well done. That clip was from Stan the Man's appearance on CBC's 90 Minutes Live in Canada in which Stan Lee talks about Spider-Man and how he's a character who's, who people can relate to more so than the perfect superheroes of the past. Perfect in quotes there. And here's clip number two. This clip was taken from the, from the 1970s as well. Let's see if you can recognize this famous Gen X voice. I wish my brother George was here. Whose voice is that, Troy? I don't know. Uh -oh. I, don't, I don't have a guess. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't. I have no idea. Okay, so we have a rule on the show, Troy. <laughs> I, I can't think of it. And that is, you're not allowed to say I don't know. This is like the rules from uh, uh, you can't do slime. that. Am I gonna get slimed? I don't know. Then you get slimed. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I thought that was the. You learned early in the show that that slime really is not what you want to get. So, uh, what do you got, Troy? That is, uh, that you gotta is give Donald a guess. Okay. Okay. That is, uh, uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is incorrect. Surprisingly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not gonna do political humor. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Mel Blank was the voice that you heard. Mel Blank was the voice of Bugs Bunny oh, yes. doing an impression of Liberace. That's a little I meta on that one. one. He's yes, awesome. I should have known that one. I should have. Smack. Yep. Mel Blank was also the voice of Tweaky on Buck Rogers. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, now you do. He's awesome. You can hear it when he when he says, "Here, I'll play it for you." Listen to him. He says, "What about Buck?" What about Buck? You can oh, totally hear it, right, there, right? You can. I didn't yeah. know that. That's cool. <laughs> the more you know. Ding 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 ding. Okay. And knowing's uh, half the battle. That's right. You're get you. These are all sound clips I have loaded on another. I know. I haven't loaded on this machine. I got you, homie. <laughs> and here's the final clip. It's from 1985. It's a little bit of a long one, so strap in. <laughs> See if you can get this famous Gen X voice. We're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio. And here's what he writes. This may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn... 
numbers, man. It's impossible <laughs> to make those transitions. And oh, then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but God damn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. It's a god, last goddamn time I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I got to talk about a fucking dog dying. Now that we've been traumatized, Troy, who's your next voice? That was a hot mic. <laughs> That is the illustrious Casey Kasem. That is correct. Well done. So that's the end of round three. We got one more round to play. And we're... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Going to move into round four now. Round four. Round four today is a game called Second Guessing. In this game, players must attempt to guess the title and artist of popular Gen X song, but they only get to listen to the first one second of the song. There are five songs in total, and you'll be awarded one point for artist and one point for title for a total of 10 points in the round if you get them all correct. So if you're down on points right now, don't worry, because anything can still happen. Here's song number one. Let's see if you can get the artist and title of this Gen X song. I'm going to play it one more time uh, for the listeners. I'll play each of these clips twice and you then give me your answer. Here's the second play. The Cure Boys Don't Cry. The Cure Boys Don't Cry. 1979. 78, but who's counting? Let's listen. Damn it. (laughs) I beg to differ. Well done, Troy. That is a correct answer. Whoever tried to teach boys not to cry needs to be slapped. (laughs) I love to cry. I couldn't (laughs) help it. I cry almost daily. Here we go. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) That's my therapist podcast. I'm sorry. This isn't the mental health podcast. I apologize. I'll be be available for that one if you need it. (laughs) Let's let's keep it upbeat, bro. 
Here is song number two. I'm going to play it twice. And after I play the second time, you give me your answer. This is a song from 1983. One more time. What do you got, Troy? That is uh, uh, Depeche Mode's... um, Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Grabbing hands, grab all they can. Uh, It's... uh, is it grabbing hands? That's the name of the song. Yeah, that's the name of the song. So many people are screaming out at the podcast player right now with the correct right answer, and I you're don't. not one of them. Uh-uh. Uh, Is that your answer, Troy? Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of the name of the song. Let's do the reveal, and maybe you can come up with it. Uh, but that is only a partial correct answer. Let's listen to it. Okay, now I know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Everything counts in small amounts, but large amounts. That's okay too. Small amounts too. That counts in small amounts. Sure, sure. The smaller things count bigger than the larger things. That's a nice save. Okay, so that's uh, half a a one pity point on that one. (laughs) All right, get those. Let's move on to song number three. (laughs) I'll be really sad if you don't get this one. Here we go. Song number three is from No Pressure. 1984. (laughs) I mean, I might cry. 1984 was when this song came out. You get one second. I'm going to play it twice. Whoop. Damn it. (laughs) There's more than one second, isn't there? (laughs) This is live, everybody. This is proof that it's live. I screwed up. Here we go. One second of the show. What do you got? Smith's This Charming Man. Let's do the whole reveal this time. I've said it before, and I'll say it now live in front of everybody. Growing up as a kid, everything I learned about women and pursuing <laughs> girls came from two people, Troy and Morrissey. And this song is <laughs> a good example of it. Because life is very long when you're lonely. <laughs> Would you have gotten it if I didn't play the whole thing, Troy? Oh, no, Mike. Honestly. Okay, sorry. Would hand. you have gotten it if I didn't screw up on that first play? No, I would have gotten that in a second. Okay. I could, right. That was one of the few Smith songs I could play on bass, too. Okay. Right. Well, that's correct answer. Both <laughs> that, uh, the Smiths, this charming man. Quick side note my first podcast that I was going to, that I was thinking about making was all about the holy trinity of music. That's The Cure, The Smiths, and Depeche Mode. None of which uh, I would have known if it weren't for you, Troy. So uh, hats off and thanks to you for introducing me to my favorite music of all time. However, the podcast was going to be called This Charming Podcast. Great name. After testing the show, however, I can tell you that the best thing about the show was indeed its name. I think I think we we ended up a much better place I agree. Uh, doing what we're doing now. So uh, song number four. Here we go. One second of this classic song from 1984. One more time. You got it. That is uh, Prince's When Doves Cry. Judges. Uh, 
song always makes me want to come out of a bathtub and crawl along more. <laughs> that guy was one of the most fun, fun. I mean, phenomenal guitar players. Oh yeah, and songwriters of our generation, bar none. Straight up, musical genius. An, an incredible songwriter. No. Yeah, he's. I mean, there, he has so much stuff that wasn't even released that was just like yeah. messing around, you know. And he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not even. It's not even just his stuff that we know about. He wrote songs for so many others that became oh, yeah. like their best hits. Yeah. You know, most well-known music. That is correct, Prince. When doves cry. Here is the last question of the game. Thanks so much uh, for for being a part of this. Uh, we're almost done here. Song number five is from 1986. Let's see if you can get this after playing just one second of it. One more time. Kick it! <laughs> Kick it! <laughs> Troy, for, for officially give me the title and artists. Uh, that is the Beastie Boys. I think it's Fight for Your Right to Party. I can't remember that. <laughs> that is correct. I'm trying to remember. Right. Sometimes they truncate <laughs> It's truncated sometimes, you know. You never know yeah, what the yeah, official name it. was. <laughs> well done, Troy. That is correct. Beastie Boys, Fight for Your Right to Party. All right, listeners. Do you remember your score? Let's see how well you did. If you're playing against our special guest this episode and you scored less than 21 points, then you let this old dude beat you and you might want to go back to brush up your memories of your youth. Troy, uh, you did a great job tonight. You, 21 is a great score. Do you have any messages for those who are listening that might've beat you or that you beat today? I am happy. I even remembered one thing. So that, uh, <laughs> honestly, the music stuff, I could have done that all day long, but like the movies and the, I don't know how it's, that was, Woo, those are some good movies, though. I, I got to go catch up on my old movie watching. <laughs> that is not a message for those listening. No, that's not a message. Anyway. <laughs> that's just uh, aimless bloviation, as, uh, as I commonly do. <laughs> so, uh, Troy, is there anything you want to plug before we give out the ranks for the quiz? Well, uh, you know, you should always plug what you can plug. And uh, you can listen to my band at lunasupport.com. L-U-L-U-N-A-S-O-P-O-R.com. Great. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for your convenience listeners. Righteous. If you want to check out the music. So here we go. We're going to give out the ranks. If you're playing solo, we are using the Super Friends scoring system for grading the quiz today. A score of 24 to 26 points is the grade of an A. And that earns you the rank of the most powerful super friend of all, Superman. Your performance was indeed super, and you're doing your part to save Generation X. Congratulations. Wait, Scott, tell me where the other super friends are, Luthor. They're probably already on their way to the great hall of justice in the sky. <laughs> Luthor's laugh is very similar to Skeletor. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> putting maybe those collaborating on it. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Uh, a score of 21 to 23 points is enough for a B. And in and the rank in that B stands for Batman here. I can imagine that there might be some arguing by diehard uh, Batman fans that the B is not high enough for the Cape Crusader, but we'll leave that for another episode to discuss. Come on, Jaina. There, all snug in the bat belt mouse compartment. Let's go, Robin. <laughs> a score of 19 to 20 points is enough for a C, and that earns you the rank of Wonder Woman. 
with wonky possessions like an invisible jet and a rope that makes you tell the truth, you can see why she landed right here in the middle of the pack. I think that's where she belongs. We're shutting off your power, Mr. Power Pirate. You're now under the control of my golden lasso. And a score of 16 to 8 p and 18 points is enough for a D. And that can only be Aquaman. That character has made great strides over the years. But as far as he was portrayed in the Super Friends cartoon, his ability to talk to fish barely makes him a superhero. And therefore, it makes him perfect for a barely passing grade. Great Neptune, a giant seahorse. better work. And finally, if you scored 15 or less, that's a failing grade. And that means you have earned the rank of Gleek, who was the Wonder, Twin, <laughs> Wonder Twins monkey companion, whose greatest superhero feat was making his tail grow long enough to make a lasso out of it. And that's a fail by anyone's standards. <laughs> Great Scott. Great Aphrodite. Great Neptune. Great Blazes. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. We hope you enjoyed playing along this episode of The Home Game and that you will post your score and comments on our Facebook group page. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have a Patreon account set up for those who would like to take advantage of the special offers available for becoming a contributor. If you want to send some appreciation for what we're trying to do here, we also offer our Venmo account at Who Will Save Gen X. A uh, little side note, tomorrow is my birthday and uh, a Patreon uh, account set up in... in to support the show makes an outstanding birthday present. I'm just saying. Detailed information is available in the show notes for both of these ways to send the show a little bit of love. If you have questions, comments, or would like to sign up to become a guest on either the home game or regular version of the game show, you can email me at whowillsavegenx.com. Oh, sorry, at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and love to have you a friend of the show. Well, that's it for the show, everybody. Thanks once again for listening. And we'll be back with our regular version of the podcast in the next episode where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. And I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. Someone isn't going to like that. Later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.